Welcome to the Trinity Western Chapel Podcast. As a vibrant part of life at Trinity Western University, Chapel creates opportunities for us to engage with God's story of redemption in Jesus Christ through His Word, prayer, and worship. We're glad you're listening and hope that you encounter God's heart for you and the world. It's good to be in Trinity Western University, home of the Spartans. You know, I, I thought about doing the Gerard Butler uh, Spartans kind of line, but no, I'll probably not going to do that. Anyway, it's so good to be here. I want to thank uh, Reverend James Ellis for uh, giving me an invitation. And um, just to give you a little bit of context uh, before we get into uh, the message today, uh, I, I work for the Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada. I actually... Uh, I'm the director of intercultural ministries for the BC and Yukon district. So my wife and I, uh, I'm American, my wife is Canadian, uh, so we, we have a little bit of United Nations going on in our home. Uh, we've been living in Canada for the last three and a half years, and uh, it's been great. Uh, overseeing uh, the work that POC is doing among cultural language groups and indigenous communities. So. Uh, we travel the province, not so much in the last couple of years, obviously, but uh, we've, we've been able to work with some good people and see some good work being done among First Nations and among newcomers. Um, so it's great to be here today. And um, I'm going to be reading from the book of Esther. Uh, Reverend Ellis assigned me the text for this morning, and it comes from... Esther 8, verses 15 through 17. So I'll read that out of the English Standard Version of the Bible. And it says, Then Mordecai went out from the presence of the king in royal robes of blue and white, with a gray golden crown, in a robe of fine linen and purple. And the city of Susa shouted and rejoiced. The Jews had light and gladness and joy and honor. And in every province and in every city, wherever the king's command and his edict reached, there was gladness and joy among the Jews, a feast and a holiday. And many from the peoples of the country declared themselves Jews for fear of the the Jews had fallen on them. God, may you bless the reading of your word and the meditation uh, of this message, O oh Lord. We pray in your name. Amen. So I just uh, titled today's message, Preservation Lane. Preservation Lane, or Preserved by God's Power. Uh, you're going to see a picture in just a minute right now. You can just put the picture on. This is, this was taken about 1918, at the end of World War I. This is in Edmonton, Alberta. And this was the welcome parade or the victory parade that the soldiers uh, from Edmonton had. Similar parades were held all throughout North America, Canada and the U.S., to welcome the soldiers. Uh, After every major conflict, there is a similar event. And I always look at these kind of pictures and uh, always try to put myself in the shoes of those that walked on those streets. Not the ones cheering them on, but the ones that were 
being welcomed home. And they're always, they're, it seems that they're walking with joy, with gladness. Obviously, they're relieved. They're excited. Not only they won the war, they're back at home. They survived. They're going to reunite with loved ones. They're being celebrated. And this is what the preservation lane is. I call this the preservation lane. Because in the midst of so much gladness and rejoicing, I'm sure in the minds of a lot of these people, there was a degree of relief. Think about it. They have just been put through the grind in battlefield. Mentally and physically, emotionally, they've been broken. Some of them saw atrocities being done. Some of them had to see uh, good friends and comrades falling in battle. They probably feel relieved that there were amongst those that survived the military conflict. There was probably also a degree of uncertainty as to what the future hold. Many would have uh, struggled with survivor's guilt. Many would have, will have to go through PTSD at a time where that wasn't even a thing. But that's what the preservation lane is. You're rejoicing on the day of return but you're mindful from where you just came from, and you are looking forward to an uncertain future. The verses that we just read, I believe, encapsulate these kind of occasions. Throughout the book of Esther, the Jews are always in problem. The Jews are in uncertain situations. The book of Esther is unique in, the, in that it is the only book of the Bible that doesn't mention God by name. It's a little bit of a mystery that the book of Esther is in the canon because the name of God is not mentioned one time. And you might think, well, then what's the point? Well, maybe found its way into the canon because even though God is not mentioned by name, His hand is seen throughout every chapter and every verse. Think about it. When we look at the story of Esther, we look at God doing one and only thing. He's making sure that his people is preserved. He's making sure that the Jews, his beloved people, his covenant people, will walk through the preservation lane alive and well. And he does it from the shadows. In his sovereignty, he uses cultural and social customs. He uses political means. He uses defining choices, personal relationships. In his sovereignty from the shadows, without intervention, without sending a prophet, without giving a vision to anyone in the book, he's just moving pieces with one purpose only, to make sure that those that are his are preserved. Those that are his continue to live on. Those that are His continue to have uh, reasons to dream and believe and live with prosperity. In a world like, like today, it's easy to feel like the Jews in the book of Esther, I believe, where in the midst of so much information and misinformation, in the midst of so many things trying to grab our attention, the name of God might seem as a distant thing. Just like in the book, sometimes maybe you felt that the name of God, the concept of God is distant, is irrelevant. And you're wondering, where is God in my situation? 
I can tell you that though you might not feel close to God, I can assure you that God works full time to preserve your life and to preserve your future. From the shadows, he will use things just like in the book of Esther. Maybe a sermon, maybe a conversation with a loved one, maybe a scripture that you see in an Instagram post. He will find a way to grab our attention and make sure that he is close, that he is near, and that he is preserving our very lives. Because our lives are precious to him. He's going to do that. He will find a way to show that he has preserving power over our lives. And what does preserving power look like? Well, it maybe looks like a rubber band that is stretched. You can stretch a rubber band. And there is a breaking point for everything that is stretched. And that is how sometimes we feel. We feel like we're being stretched and stretched and stretched. But God's preserving power makes sure that even though we stretch and it might be painful and we might be uncomfortable... He will make sure that we don't reach our breaking point and everything falls apart. He will find a way to bring it all back together so that our lives, our dreams, our integrity uh, are preserved. On this occasion, as they celebrated, as they walked among the streets in Susa, just celebrating God's preserving power, I believe that there are three dimensions of His preserving power that I'm going to quickly mention. Number one, there was preservation of honor. There was a death decree upon the Jews in the book of Esther. And that death decree was fueled by years and generations of hatred for them. Their enemy did not think they were worthy of life. Their enemy had devalued their honor as people. And in a similar way, Jesus warns us in John chapter 10 that our enemy, the enemy of our soul, is there to kill, steal, and destroy because he hates us, because he has devalued our honor. But we are honorable people. You and I are created in God's image, and that has to count for something. I know it counts for something to him who created us. That he sees us just as we are, and he sees honor. He sees people. He sees hearts and lives that matter to him. God's preserving power will be there to make sure that our honor as people, as individuals, our human being, is preserved against the darts and the attacks of the enemy. I will tell you this. Our God will never speak, act, or provoke Anything that will devalue, devalue us emotionally or spiritually. Because he's there to preserve our, 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 our honor. So if we're in the midst of circumstances where our honor, what makes us worthy as individuals, is being devalued, I don't think God is in that. God will want us out of that and he will work to preserve our honor as people. I'll quickly mention number two because I want to zero on number three. Uh, but he also preserved his people's welfare. God was in the detail. It wasn't just that the Jews could have been annihilated. It's that there were people at work against the Jews to make sure that their lives were miserable. That they didn't have anything that they needed to prosper. 
When God preserves our lives, when he works with his preserving power, he will preserve our welfare. He will be in the details to make sure that everything that we need, not just to survive or thrive, is provided for. The promise is this, is that you and I can see the goodness of God in the land of the living, not just in the afterlife. You might then say, okay, then what about trials? What about moments when things are taken away? What about moments like the ones we're living in, in our day today in this province? You know, or in my personal life. What about those moments where the goodness of God looks so far away that it's just very easy to doubt and deny? How does that factor into the promise that I can see his hand in the land of the living? Trials does not negate that. Again, we are stretched in life constantly. Things can be taken away, but God in his sovereignty will make sure and will make sure that we will be preserved. And so the trials and what we go through and the moments where we can doubt God's goodness, what happens is that in his sovereignty, he uses those moments to build so much character and appreciation in us that when we overcome that, because God has been with us, then we're able to appreciate those good times. I tell you one thing, I don't know where you are in life, but I know that my God is working to preserve your life and to preserve every detail that can make your life something enjoyable, something beautiful. To the smallest detail, to the most essential thing, emotionally, financially, spiritually, academically, he is there to make sure you're preserved. Number three, and my final point, preservation of destiny. It wasn't just that he preserved Esther's life and Mordecai's life and this generation of Jews. There's more at work here that I wish I would have time to explain. But suffice it to say that if God did not intervene in this occasion when he saved the Jews from Haman and his decree of destruction, there wouldn't have been another generation of, of Jews. And that has deep implications for the whole humanity. If there was no intervention in this moment, there wouldn't have been a Jewish people 400 years later when it was time for the Messiah to come. Without God intervening in this moment, there would not have been any nativity scene, any Christmas story. Jesus wouldn't have come because he was descended from the Jews. So God didn't just preserve Esther and Mordecai's life and this generation for the sake of that generation. He preserved it because there was a greater destiny in their lives. And God is working full time to preserve our lives today. Not just so that we can have a nice and enjoyable season today. There's more at work, guys. I believe that when he preserves us, he preserves our destiny. He will make sure that we survive this day, that we will see the next day in our lives, not just for our own sake, but for the sake of those that will be touched and transformed by our lives. He's going to preserve you today. He's going to preserve you as you study whatever your program is. Because at the, at the end of your program here at Trinity, at the end of your education, where, wherever field that is, he has a plan for you. He's going to use those abilities to impact the world. 
He will preserve you physically. If you're an athlete, if you're an artist, He will preserve you today because there is a greater destiny in the near future. Just like the Jews were preserved so that the whole world will know redemption. Today you will be preserved because there is a destiny. Now that whole world that will be transformed by your life might be your family, might be your co-workers, might be a group of people somewhere. But the reality is, is that God doesn't just preserve you for today. He preserves you for tomorrow. And God's preserving hand in our lives means that nothing can derail us from the destiny that He has for us. I will conclude with this. On that occasion, the Bible says that the Jews celebrated, that they had light. And that is a beautiful construct because the Hebrew road here says that there was light in the Jews. It brings me back to that picture of the soldiers coming back from war. For years, there was no light. All they knew was death, destruction, trenches, bombs left and right. Maybe they felt like that darkness will never go away. And on that day, they're celebrating because they're coming back to life. And today, no matter what you're going through, God reminds us that He preserves your life. He preserves my life so that we can have freedom to celebrate. Yes, we're still going to be looking back to what He's preserving us out of. Or maybe you're looking ahead and thinking, I don't even know what's ahead. But today, in this present, in the now, you have the freedom to rejoice in this truth. God is working to preserve your life. God will carry, carry you through this season of trials. He will make sure you will see the other end. He will keep you. He will guard you. He will be there to lead you and escort you into the next season of your life. Because He preserves us. And because He preserves us, then we can celebrate and relish on that. Like those soldiers coming back. Relishing on the day of their return just for the fact that they were alive. And today we can rejoice because we're alive and God is preserving us. He will do that. He's doing that right now. You might not feel it. You, know, you might not see it. Again, it might look like the book of Esther. Where is the name of God in all of this? Where is God's activity in all of this? He's there. You just need to look a little closer. You just need to... Look within yourself and realize that, and see the hand of God preserving you and leading you into the next season of your life. I want to pray for you right now. We just have a couple of minutes left, but I will just pray a blessing upon you and those watching through the stream. That this word will just bring an exact application. Maybe you're doubting your value. Maybe you're fearing for your welfare. Maybe you're doubting your destiny. I'm here to say God is going to preserve all those three things because he loves you that much. God, I thank you for this student body. Lord, I know that life is not easy. I know that college is not easy. I know that studying is not easy. And Lord Almighty, there could be just so many things that we wrestle with. Today, I just want to pause one moment to say thank you for preserving our lives. Thank you that we have breath in our lungs today. 
And that's evidence that you are active in our lives. And if you're preserving us today and you're preserving them today, it's because there's a greater destiny just on the other side. Lord, I pray you will remind them of that. I pray that they will not lose sight of that. And that, Lord, today they will rejoice because they're being preserved and kept to be unleashed in their different fields of study to change the world, to transform the world, to point them back to you, Lord. Thank you that you are with us and that you don't abandon us or forsake us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. We hope you are blessed and be encouraged in your faith life. Chapel happens every Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays at 11 a.m. in the gymnasium or online at livechapel.twu.ca. You can also stay connected with us by following at TWU Chapel. Until next time, much love.